You're listening to 50 Plus a Tip, the show for strippers, ethical sluts, and other open-minded hoes. Hey guys, welcome back. It's Danica, and I am joined by Riley, and we are sitting down this week with Geometric, who is one of Canada's top drag entertainers and has graced our universe since 2014. Since then, Gia has perfected her spacey, high-fashion persona and captivated countless venues and cities with her superstar qualities. Her endearing personality and advocacy of mental health awareness has made Gia a role model within her community and online. This episode, we sit down with the fabulous Geometric and we discuss a ton of things, including what terminology is appropriate and what is updated, how to properly ask someone what their pronouns are and why that's so important, how Gia first got into drag and how it has developed over time, how one becomes a drag superstar, the difficulties of dating as a drag artist, and some misconceptions and stigmas about drag that need to be debunked. We absolutely loved sitting down with Gia, and we know you guys are going to truly enjoy this episode. So here you go. Okay, firstly, how are the two weeks of 2021 been for you so far? Wow, it has been a, you know, I feel like it's been a shift in energy. Mm, okay. I feel I. I feel like last year it was the way I've been talking about it to my friends that last year was eye opening. Last year was a year for um, unexpected things. It was last year for education and it was, you know, a year of pivoting. I feel like I've heard that word so many times is like pivot, pivot, pivot. <laughs> so hey, Ross, it was yeah, your Ross on the staircase. <laughs> Yeah, it was the year of the pivot, and I feel this year is like the year of action, mm. and so that is my mindset, and that's kind of that's kind of how I've been leading the last two weeks. Is okay, you know what? Last year was unexpected. I learned a lot. I know the direction that I want to go on based off of how last year like left me feeling, and this year I just got to get some shit done. So that's kind of that's been the last two weeks, and we're hoping that that mindset continues. <laughs> yeah, I feel like quarantine and like the last year has just been a huge wake up call to sit um, and you know be confronted with your feelings and inner thoughts, which mm-hmm. I think a lot of people, you know, you. you like I've talked about this with a few people is Vancouver is so bustle bustle that you mm-hmm. very really have time to just slow down and uh, kind of connect back with like how you're feeling. Mm. So I feel like Absolutely. Yeah, that's definitely one positive thing to have come out of uh, lockdown. The rest has been uh, quite shit though. Eh? <laughs> yeah. And, and you know what? Um, it was, so last year was the first time in five years that I only worked one job because ever since I lived in Vancouver, I always had a full-time job and I was doing drag full-time as well. But when drag was kind of taken away and by taken away, I mean like the bars were always shut down. So our shows didn't continue to happen. So because of that, I was just doing my day job, which I love so much, but it left that room in my brain, in my schedule, in my heart um, to get lost in the thoughts and to like overthink and to, you know, yada, yada, yada. And you're going down that rabbit hole every single day. <laughs> yeah, really. You cannot get out of it. It's like your own personal prison. <laughs> Did you guys yeah. see the meme where it was like 2019? Like, oh, if I only had more time, I would do like I'd X, Y, and Z. And then 2020, nope, that wasn't it. <laughs> 
Because <laughs> you have no excuses oh this year, right? Yeah. Like, I didn't clean my house. What the fuck else were you doing? You know, I didn't like, you know, I didn't diary. What else were you doing? Like, you're way too much time. Like, I, you know, it's funny. Um, and I, I like what you said about this year being the year of action. Um, I love mm. that because I think it was very true. I think 2020 um, allowed us to really reflect and be like, okay, so, you know, this is like a, a weird, maybe unasked for pause and what are we going to do with this? What are we going to do with, how are we going to pivot? You know, throw it to Ross. Yeah, yeah. How are we going to pivot, pivot, pivot? And yeah, how are we going to make this work? And, and what are we going to do this year? And, and I feel like I agree with you. Um, you know, 2021, you know, fingers crossed, only been two weeks. But, or week, what, are, what day are we? Where are we? What's happening? Uh, <laughs> no, no, 10 days I in? Think, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Something like that. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I always ask you, you know, uh, Riley will call me and be like, what day are we on? Or is it a Monday, Wednesday, Friday? <laughs> Check me. Where are we? <laughs> Who am I? Yeah. Who am I? What's happening? Um, but yeah, no, I agree with this year being like already having this weird and good, I say weird in a good way, energy of like, you know, let's get to it. Let's make this happen. Let's like what we reflect on twenty twenty. Let's let's do this. I like that. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I'm going to be curious to see kind of how it develops, especially through January and February. Um, I think that a lot of people, including myself, were hoping that you know, come the new year, everything's going to be okay. We're going to be able to move forward. And I think that I mean, it, we're just going to get stuck with the realization. And the heartache that come end of January, early February, actually, this is something that we still have to manage as a community and like manage in our personal lives. And th- yeah, the repercussions of this are not going to be. Yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. absolutely. And you know what? I feel um, some conversations that I've had has been people being like, new year, like blah, 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 talking as if like, you know, as soon as it hits 12 o'clock on January 1st, it's the snap of a finger, like the pandemic is going to go away. There's going to be no racism in the world. You know, like Trump is going to be out of office. And it was like all of these things. And people were talking about, you know, just because it's a new year that, you know, the sun's going to start shining. You're you know, losing day 10 and night. pounds all of a sudden. Yeah. Like, there's going to fall off you at 12 o'clock. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I actually, one of the posts that I made on Instagram recently was, was dedicated to that to be like, guys, you know, this is not the end. You know, we, we fought a lot. We, we learned a lot. We experienced a lot last year and we, we have to continue doing that if we want to see like a big change in everything that happened. Um, is it easier? Is it easier to sit back and to, you know, cuddle up in your blanket and be like, Oh, everything's going to be fine. Absolutely. But unfortunately that's not the case. Okay. Well, I feel called out. So calm down. (laughs) It's so funny though because I am pointing, I'm pointing fingers just at you, babe. Me and my heated heated blanket, leave us alone. Okay. I got to catch up with my real housewives. Don't be judging me. Okay. Oh, my God. Don't come at me like that. <laughs> um, it's so funny, though, because, you know, we're sitting here being like, yeah, you know, this is still something that we have to have to work through. Yeah, and I mean, I, I'm from New Zealand. Uh, what? I'm who? <laughs> You're not from here? Yeah. Um, yeah. You're like, hold up. <laughs> yeah. But I'm we literally. We joke about your accent all the time when we work gigs. Um, people, because we think, again, we think we're hilarious. So we'll be at work and guys, you know, um, not the brightest of the species, let's be honest. And uh, yeah. they will be like, wait. And this is like three hours in. Okay. And they'll be like, wait. Okay. Do, do you have an accent to her? And I'll be like, and I'll turn. I'll be like, Shut you up. have a fucking accent. 
you're not Canadian? And like, and then they'll, then I'm no joke, more times than not, they'll turn to me and be like, you didn't, you didn't know she had an accent? Like they will get, they will, it will fly. I can visually see it fly over their heads. And I'm like, no, it's a, okay. Okay. We lost, we lost you. Got it. We lost you. But anyways, go on. That's, um, yeah, but I'm seeing my, all of my friends and family in New Zealand go to festivals and do huge New Year's parties because there's just yeah. no COVID in New Zealand. And I'm like, yeah, in New Zealand, in New Zealand like that. Yeah. Crazy. It's a crazy time. It's so wild. Yeah. Well, because our government wild, did something, wild. right? The audacity. It's because they're women, aren't they? <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> women get shit done. Yeah. Uh, bitches Absolutely. know how to do things. Yeah. Girls, gays, and theys, you know? <laughs> Girls, gays, and what else? And theys. And they, I love it. Girls, gays, and theys. Yes. All, yes, all my I love that. Once yeah. I like it. Um, okay, well, let's. Let's get into the real topic yeah. here today. Um, Let's do it. So before we even dive into it, um, can you, and I know this is something I've had previous guests touch on, and then as we said before, we always say to our guests, you know, you can call us or text us and let us know if you say a thing you want to take back. And I remember one of my uh, guests used the word uh, tranny. And then, and I, you know, and, and that was one thing I don't usually step in and say, Hey, this might be something I'm going to take out for your sake because it's not mm-hmm. really the correct terminology. Um, but that was one time where I stepped in and I said, Hey, you know what? Like, I don't think that's the correct term we could have used. Uh, well, you like, I didn't say that word, but <laughs> I'm going yeah. to say they to make you not feel as bad, but, um, you know, I'm going to edit it out, um, with your permission. You know, that's not really a term that people are used now. That's pretty, that can be very offensive. Mm-hmm. So before we even get into it, do you mind just giving us a quick rundown of terms that people should not be using and terms that are, um, you know, uh, preferred a, or a preferred and appropriate to be using now? Because I, and then this is my, I say, I talk about my parents quite a bit on the podcast and I see, you know, my parents are a little bit old school and some of the things they say, I'm like, Oh, you, they got you on Instagram account. Like you would, <laughs> you would get so much hate mail, like the things you say. And it's not because they're trying to be hateful yeah it just generationally we have learned um you know in our 20s and that we've really become more politically correct and we've been more inclusive in our, our terminology and we we see the impact of words for sure right so um i want to you know given excuse me bentley it's not your time uh, i'm just gonna uh, you know shove you with my That's toe weird noise. <laughs> all right I, I'm going to say he was agreeing with me. That's what I'm going to take it as. Anyways, so, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, if you don't mind just giving us kind of a lowdown on, uh, you know, yeah, t- uh, appropriate terms and, and things to throw out of our vernacular and our vocabulary. Yeah, you know, it's it's funny that you say that because I think, um, I think, like you said, it is our generation where we have, you know, we have been guided and we have been, it's our responsibility to ask, mm-hmm. you know, it's our responsibility to ask pronouns, it's our responsibility to ask, you know, how someone, you know, how someone presents themselves and how they want to be communicated with. And, um, I'll show you this, but I recently just got this. So it's called the queriotic table. Ooh, okay. I love science. I love gay people. <laughs> I love gay yeah. science. Go on. <laughs> so it's literally a book that goes through Queer history, the trouble with it. sex, labels, labels, labels. Um, so it goes through like um, gender identity, sexual orientation, and physical sex. And then it goes into gender and gender expression and pronouns. And then gay, lesbian, homosexual, heterosexual, bisexual, pansexual. 
So Which it's one? literally <laughs> it's literally like this amazing book that educates you on on the different terms. Yeah. And sorry, can you um, just repeat the the name and then the author of, of that as well? Sure. So it's The Queriotic Table, A Celebration of LGBTQ Plus Culture by Harriet Dyer. <gasps> Thank you. Mm-hmm. I love it. Yeah. Okay. That brilliant. Um so and you know what? I would say even um I'm the type of person that if I don't know something, I will just like, I will refrain from saying it. I will find, you know, I will go seven streets down just to find that detour route, just so that I'm not um, saying anything that will offend somebody else. Um, So when it comes to lots of terms that shouldn't be said, I don't, I would say don't really have like a vast knowledge of a lot of the terms that people say that are incorrect, Mm -hmm. mainly because I've chosen just to educate myself on the ones that are correct. Mm -hmm. And when, when, and if I hear something that isn't, you know, in my knowledge bank, that's when I'll step up and that's when I'll say something being like, Hey, you know what, let me give you some feedback on that. Here's an alternative way that you can say Mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. And this, this book was something that I actually found over the holidays and it even gave it even gave me more insight on being queer. <laughs> you know, like there's there's so many terms that I actually didn't even know existed, or terms that you know maybe I thought I knew, but they were more in depth. So yeah, this this book has been like a real a real good um, coffee table book. And I mean, no one's coming over, so it's just for me. But <laughs> <laughs> I've I've learned a lot. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. And sort of just on that, uh, topic as well. So, um, firstly, your pronouns, are they them? Uh, yes. Are those the pronouns that you use for geometric? Um, good question. That is, you know what? It's kind of, it's, it's kind of like up in the air when it comes to, when it comes to me, Giorgio, my pronouns, are they them? When it comes to Gia, it's, everything but he him (laughs) because that's kind of like that's kind of like the no-go is you know the worst feeling is to be in drag and my drag is very much presenting presenting feminine presenting like female and the worst thing is to have someone be like hey dude or like hey did you see him over there and so every yeah minus that my my pronouns in drag are she her they them you know, Gia, 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 whatever you want to call me then. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, as someone who's uh, really appreciated going to drag shows and stuff, that's something that I found I was, I was just like lacking knowledge in is the correct terminal, uh, the correct pronouns to use when someone is in drag and then out of drag. And can you, you know, like, I mean, I obviously a good default is they, them, but uh, is it, yeah, do I mean, obviously you can't speak for everyone that does drag, but is there kind of a, a typical pattern that you see? Like, do, uh, do people typically um, use she, her in drag and then something else out of drag or, yeah? Yeah, I think that's, you know what, that's a good question. And you know what, I appreciate I appreciate you asking because that is the most respectful thing that that we can do when we're uncertain. And what I will say is I would, I would say a few years ago, it was more, it was more common to find, you know, 
every single drag queen, you know, presenting female. Now that we, especially in Vancouver, now that we have been going on this, this journey of self-expression and identity and, you know, people are feeling empowered to be themselves more than ever. We're finding that there is such a rainbow and such an arrangement of pronouns that are being used. And I, like you said, I cannot speak for everyone, but I have so many friends who do go by um, they, them when they are in drag, as well as when they are out of drag. And, and yeah, it's like, it really drag drag is obviously a representation of who you are, but it's also a character. So that's where it can get a little bit different Mm -hmm. where, you know, it can be some, for me, it is like an extension of myself where some people it's like a full on escape of, of who they are. So those pronouns might change. Mm -hmm. Um, but like I said, the best thing that we can do is just, just ask and nobody will get mad if you ask, Mm -hmm. like, not, not one person will get mad, but somebody, somebody or some people will get mad if you use the wrong pronouns. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you don't want to like devalue, mm-hmm. you know, this persona that they've created by mistaking their, their pronouns. Yeah, exactly. And then yeah. actually, I just wanted to actually touch on something you just said there. I'm going to say actually five more times. Why the hell not? Um, <laughs> We had a long night. Okay, Gina, we had a long night. Um, you said drag queen. And, you know, when I was putting out the promo for you, um, I, again, was going to say drag queen. But when I went to your uh, mm. profile, you say drag artist. Is drag queen a uh, an outdated term or is that offensive? Or um, Okay, so have you ever seen, what was this movie called? Uh, what was it? Oh my god, it was something, some stupid name. It was like way too long for a movie, and someone should have called them out on that. And it's with Patrick Swayze <laughs> and uh, and Snipe, uh, Wesley Snipes, and okay. the guy from Moulin Rouge, and is the most like things do not age well. Okay, certain movies do not age well, and that did not age well. They are um, transgender or they're they're in drag, and there's a lot okay. of offensive things with it. And I'm like, oh, like um, it's some. Are you Googling it? I'm looking up IMDb yeah. right now. Yeah, you Google that for me. Look What's at, the premise of the movie? Um, is this it? Yes. Okay. To Wong Fu. This is, this is the name of the movie, okay? Someone should have called them out in the writing room and been like, let's scrap this, okay? It's called um, To Wong Fu Thanks for Everything, Julia Namor. Yeah. That's a lot of words. Like that's a lot of words that didn't need to be said. And too I feel many like, words. Too Wong Fu, blah blah blah. Yeah. yeah. I said Wong uh, yeah. Anyways, um the premise of the movie now what was it now? There's really no premise. It's very bad. Um they are just they're going for a competition, I think, and they end up in this super hick town and they're um drag artists presenting mm-hmm. as in, in presenting as their their drag personas and they are passing as uh, fee, uh, as female, and the cu- the culture of that town is they don't know that they they don't know anything about drag, and they think they're women, and then they find out that they're secretly you know um, 
presenting as women, but not actually women, or I don't know. It was yeah, a very yeah. odd movie, and it's and then all of a sudden, all, all of a sudden, halfway through, it becomes a musical, and you're like, oh, we do the musical thing now, okay? And it's all, yeah, you watch it, and you you message me later and tell me how bad it is because I was in Kelowna will, watching, yeah. yeah, I was watching with my girlfriend in Kelowna. I'm like, where did we go wrong in life? Like, we're you know, on a Saturday night watching yeah. this two Wong Fu movie. Anyways, yeah, and you're like, but, wait a sec, yeah. how did we get here? I need to reevaluate my life choices, um, but. But yeah, so um, there's a lot of dated things in that movie where I'm like, this would never pass nowadays. People, like we said, and I think it's a great thing about our culture now and, and our us as a, a community and us as um, millennials or whatever we can pass as right now, what generation Y yeah. are right now, where we are, you know, asking people, you know, what, what's your pronoun, blah, blah, blah. And, and like I said, my parents will say things. I'm like, ooh, like I know you don't mean to be rude at all and it's not coming from a bad place, but we, they don't say those terms anymore. We don't say those terms anymore. <laughs> Um, of course, we can we can change that. We can like let me educate you on yeah, the proper terms to and, use. Exactly, exactly right. So that's a very long winded way of saying is drag queen still an appropriate yeah. term, or are is drag artist now what has replaced that? It's a very yeah, very long way. <laughs> That was a very long and unnecessary <laughs> explanation for my question. I'm gonna let Riley take over for the yeah. next episode. <laughs> <laughs> I got, way like, too, I got way too distracted by Wesley Snipes. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> when you see you this were, movie, you were talking about you were talking about how there was too many words in the movie title, and <laughs> that question had too many words. Called out, way too many no, words. Why are you attacking me and my fucking blanket and me and my too many words? <laughs> Leave me alone. <laughs> I feel so um, seen okay. and not in a good way. Okay. <laughs> Oh no! Okay, let me answer. I'll answer the question though, yes, because yes. I think Please, I think it's a question, really yes. great. It I think it's a really great question, and I think that I think that the fact that you, I think the fact that you could like pull that out from you know my account, from you know my bio to my words that I'm speaking today, I think that's really um, next level of you again, just to catch that and. It really depends on the person. So for myself, I I usually do like to say drag artist or drag entertainer. Mm. Am I a drag queen? Yes, because that is a term that has been used for so, 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 so long. Mm-hmm. And I personally don't think that there's any negativity around it. I just choose to say artist and entertainer because of, you know, sometimes when you hear, when you hear drag queen, Mm -hmm. some people's, you know, that picture that some people draw in their head can be a little outdated. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. for myself, labeling myself as an artist and an entertainer, it's a little bit more broad and it's a little bit more, in my opinion, exciting And, you know, it doesn't paint the full picture of them. So it's a little bit more open to interpretation rather than, you know, drag queen has to be this, 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 and this, and this, and this, where it's just like, well, I might not be this, but I'm this that you didn't mention and all that kind of stuff. So I think for the terms, again, it depends on the person. For myself, I like, I am a drag queen and, you know, the term drag queen is used across the board and that's how people get excited but for most most times I do try to um present myself as an entertainer or an artist mm-hmm. yeah we've, we've definitely had this conversation on our podcast too is choosing how to introduce our 
uh, job to people because of, as you mentioned, there's, um, you know, stigma and the term drag queen is obviously like uh, loaded or charged with these connotations of what what that means. And, Mm -hmm. you know, we've Mm -hmm. definitely had the conversation of like, well, do you introduce yourself as a sex worker? That's loaded. A stripper, also loaded. Mm -hmm. Um, Entertainer, a dancer, you know, like it's picking and choosing. Of course. Depending on the situation, obviously. Yeah. And I think, I think words have so much power too, like the connotation of for sure of words. And I think too, at least for myself, um, like we, like Riley just said, I pick and choose when I use certain terms and sometimes I'll say an adult entertainer because it's. It, it it gives a nod to the actual the labor of it and what I'm actually doing. You know, I'm t- entertaining people at the end of the day. Like I, you know, I'm providing something yeah. to these people. And I I can see with drag artist, drag entertainer, it's a nod to the fact that you are entertaining people with this, you know, as well. Um, and that like labor that comes with it. So mm-hmm. I think like, same, especially with sex work, the reason why, um, you know, I've, I've said this a million times. I'll say it again. The reason I say sex worker. And then I can go into X, Y, and Z of what kind of sex worker I am is because it's a nod to the actual, um, the labor of the job. You know, it's saying it, it you know, as you, I've heard, I'm sure you've heard it before, sex work is work and saying I'm a sex worker is, hey, I'm a worker like this, you know, that's why we should have labor rights and that's like blah, 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 mm-hmm. X, Y, and Z. But yeah, um, but yeah, I think words and have a lot of power of in course. this life. Yeah. And you know what? And it's just like, and even it's so, hmm. How do I say that? Nowadays, our brains are always, our brains are working so much more than they've ever worked before. And even just, you know, the last, the the last like minute of our conversation about we're thinking a lot how we want to present ourselves. You know, we're always, we're always thinking of the situation we're in, who we're talking to, how I want this person to view me, you know. What what title do I give myself so that I'm comfortable, but also the other person in this conversation is comfortable as well? And I experience that a lot when I work my day job, where you know I do I'm I'm in the beauty industry, and I actually say that I'm a performer. So I kind of like I kind of strip it down because mm-hmm. I don't know who I'm working with. You know, I don't know the views of the other person, and. and when I'm at work and I'm being professional and I'm trying to present myself the best that I can, the last thing I want to do is put myself in a sticky situation. And, you know, it's unfortunate that I feel that way, but I just kind of like, I set myself up for success and I'm just like, yep, I'm a performer. If you want to ask me a question, I will, you know, answer honestly, but it's crazy how like we're always, our brains are always calculating to make sure you know, that we're presenting ourselves in the proper way. And sometimes, sometimes I even make a mistake, you know, but at least I'm trying. (laughs) And that's exactly it, right? Like all you can do is try and ask and correct yourself and not make a big deal of it. And, and all that stuff. Exactly. Yeah. And I actually have to credit uh, you, Danica. Like I, I love it. Go on. (laughs) (laughs) I wouldn't even thought of drag queen being kind of outdated. And I feel like that's just because like in the last two, maybe three years, I feel like the term queen has become almost in itself, like less, less female, female charged, Mm -hmm. I guess, like, you know, Mm -hmm. by the use of just like yes, queen and like spelling it, uh, K W E E N. It's just become mm-hmm. this sort of, um, 
like word of endearment or encouragement or for like, sure. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely not to say that everyone would see it that way. And, uh, and also just not to discredit, uh, the persona or the person that is choosing to do drag as well by like stripping them down or like trying to gender them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. And you, and I think, I think that's too, um, I think that's another great point where, you know, the word, the word queen itself, you know, number one, it is, you know, what comes with the word is like in quotations, female, mm-hmm. you know? And then when you actually take the first word drag, that's actually what we're doing. So, you know, that I, I always, I always believe that that second word is always interchangeable mm-hmm. based off of how you're presenting yourself. And, you know, like I said, there are a ton of, a ton of artists who do use the pronouns they, them, and that's when they would change that second word to, you know, to match the representation that they are, um, you know, presenting themselves as. So, yeah, I think, I think that's like a great point. Like I said, like applause and bravo for even like catching that in. Yes. Flip that hair girl. (laughs) Go on. Because, you know, it's, and it, it just means that, you know, obviously you're, you're a great listener, but it means, it means a lot to you that people, um, you know, that you are understanding people to the fullest. So that's awesome. I mean, yeah, I mean, you can only get yelled at so many times over email before you correct yourself, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. No, I just, you know, jokes aside, I think it is super, it's, it's nice for people to see you and to, you know, um, and see you and present you how you want to be presented. And that's one of the things I'm very adamant about when I when I have guests on, and, and Riley did it for you as well, is saying, you know, um, how would you like your bio to read? Like, how do you want to mm-hmm. present yourself to the world? Because at the end of the day, like, you have the right to present yourself how you want to be presented. You have the right to be addressed how you want to be addressed. And, you know, I think um, our generation, I think it's amazing. You know, there's a lot of fucked up shit in our generation. But one of the things we've done right is, you know, that that concept of, you know, acknowledge people how they want to be acknowledged and use the pronouns they want to use and, you know, like, and giving that that power to them of, you know, do you want to be they and them? Are you he and he or she or, you know, um, how do you present to the world and how do you want the world to accept you and acknowledge you? And I think that's something we did get right in our generation is, is the that. willingness yeah. to, to learn. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. And yeah, we do. Like she said, you know, you only get so many hate and so many aggressive emails. We have, we have gotten some. <laughs> But I don't think we've gotten any with regards to, you know, the wrong pronoun use. It's more so, um, what have we got hate mail? No, I think about it. Um, you stopped kids in Africa because you're laser. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That, that the dying happen. children in Africa are my fault. I did get that email. <laughs> yes, I did. Um, back oh, no. my God. No, no, no joke. So um, I had a laser issue. Hell yeah, laser okay. went wrong. And um, it was on the news and stuff. And uh, there are so many messages. I'm too fat to be a stripper. I'm too ugly to be a stripper. Um, You know, if I was on stage, people would go have their smoke break because I'm so hideous. And I mean, I I dress up well, I promise. You're not getting the visual (laughs) of me right now because we are up till 6 in the morning. So let me just fix myself here. But I promise I can present well. But uh, yeah, um, I got some hate mail. And then one of the messages, uh, because the laser cost $7,000, um, someone was like, wow, like 
like, fuck her. She should have given the starving children in Africa she could have saved. And I was like, wow, I am, you know, I am that bitch. I am the reason people are starving in Africa. <laughs> so, you know, yeah. you single-handedly, without, I, with single-handedly, yes. I killed no you children. Yes, me and, my, me and my hairless legs <laughs> killed uh, many children in Africa. But, um, <laughs> oh, my God. You know what's funny is I'm going to get a message about this being like, how dare you laugh at the dying children? Because that's what they're going to take from this and I'm already prepared mentally for these hate mails but but yeah that was that was, wow. a, that was a good one yeah I killed children now yeah. but you know what that's kind of what you um that that's what we get when we're when we're honest and when we are ourselves and when we share things about ourselves and I think that's something that I am but something that I'm learning as well is that I used to be and I'll admit that I still am sometimes afraid to say the wrong thing because of the backlash that I can get. And it's something that I'm working on this year is to, is to not be afraid because I'm not, I'm not a saint. Like I'm not, I'm not perfect. And you know, I, I sometimes hold myself to this like level of perfection that doesn't really exist because, you know, what is the actual definition of perfection? It's just, it's just made up. But when you're vulnerable and when you're honest and, you know, when you do treat your life like an open book, that's, it gives the opportunity for other people to like, you know, come on in and be like, yuck, 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 yuck. And you're like, ah, I was just being honest. I was just sharing, you know? So it's like, it's unfortunate, but it's also just like, good for you, girl. Like, you know what? You work hard, you know, you treated yourself, you did this, you did that, you did this. And that's just someone's opinion. Mm-hmm. And you know what? It's, they, they don't know the full story. Only, mm-hmm. you know, the full story. Mm-hmm. So, um, like fuck them, whoever sent that mail and, you know, keep being you, I'll keep being me and they can keep being themselves, you know? <laughs> and I think it's, I think it's really, to me, it's all about intention. Like, you know, maybe you yeah. say something wrong, maybe you do something wrong, and it doesn't come from a hateful place. Someone corrects you, great, now I've learned. Right? Like, you totally. know, is my intention to kill children in Africa? No. <laughs> you know, that's not my intention. No. Not this time. Not, not this time. No, my hairless legs, that wasn't what I was, you know, thinking about when I was getting my laser. But, uh, yeah, and that's exactly how it is. And I feel like for you, too, I could already get a, you know, I, I hate to say it now because people have ruined the idea, but a good vibe where I, I'm, I'm sure you don't think do things with malicious intent. And if I sidestep yeah. or I do something wrong and someone checks me, like, good, I've learned. But, there, you know, there wasn't that, that bad intention of doing something and I think when we're you know in quotes checking people or you know um my new favorite saying is uh, when reading (laughs) (laughs) she likes to read the library is open let's do this wait you must you must watch Salt Lake City at Real Housewives do you because do you? Yes. Okay, well, okay, we can't get into it right now, because we got to get to the interview. <laughs> I but, like, we're two questions down on our extensive <laughs> list. And we're, what, 30 minutes in? But, yes, we will, re- we will reevaluate, we will come back to this. We will come back to Salt Lake City, because, okay, well, no, I'm going to say okay. it right now. First off, what do you think? No, i got to get into it. What do you think about it? Real quick, Salt Lake City. Do you like it? Do you love it? Do you mm-hmm. hate it? What do you think? Ooh, I love it because it's so trash. <laughs> yeah, obviously. It's Bravo, let's be honest. Like, it is so... You know what? They are Jen. I think her name is Jen. Yes. Okay. Go on. Oh, what do you think of her? Do you love my her? Hate her? Gosh. Um. 
I feel like all of them is like a love hate relationship, but I'm mm. just like you bougie bitch. I was like that temper that the way that she can snap her finger and she has like <laughs> grown horns and scales and she's like she set herself on fire. Yeah. I'm like okay, but Damn. also like I I okay, the the grandpa fucker comment. Okay, but like someone needs to say oh, it. Someone needs to say it. Okay, God. I'm sorry you did. I did. I love that for you. I love that for her. Like I love that. Like your your grandma was like, "Yo, my husband's rich. You need to marry him when I die." Like, okay, thanks, yeah. grandma. Thanks for looking out for me. I appreciate that. But she's not wrong. Like what she said. And she, she no, she's not wrong. Did she? Did she have to say it in that setting, screaming it across? Yeah. Maybe not. Maybe not. <laughs> I mean, could have, Maybe not. We, could have, we could tackle this situation a little better. But, yeah, Jen, I love her husband. But, yeah, Salt Lake City, um, Beverly Hills is my favorite. Always will be. Oh, I love Beverly course. Hills. We, we yeah. love Erica Jane. We love oh. Elisa Renna. Oh, yes. Yes. And also, they just have mm-hmm. money. Like, So sometimes, do you ever Google their net worth? So whenever they're talking yes. about how much money they have, I'm literally like, like Google like how much money you really got. And sometimes they're worth like all the time a hundred thousand dollars. And I'm like, okay, well this is awkward for everyone. Like, like, <laughs> yeah. And, you know and that's kind of so the first the first one that I ever watched was Beverly Hills as well. Mm-hmm. And it's just it's glamour, it's fashion, it's like it's very they're just they're well put together. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I think that's what kind of makes the drama exciting is yes. because, you know, they do hold themselves to that standard. But then when you go to even like the New York one, I don't know if you've ever seen that, but they are fucking like they're trash. <laughs> I did not with Sonia and oh, and uh, what's her name? Ramona. Oh, oh my God. God. <laughs> Ramona. And I just can't. She's so embarrassing. I literally like get second hand embarrassment when she talks. I'm like so cringe. Like stop talking. You're yeah. so embarrassing. Okay. Anyways, yes, but, we will get into all of yeah. this in our we'll free time. Well, uh, yeah, okay, but yeah. let's we'll, get... We'll connect. Yes, we'll we connect. will, because yeah. trust me, I have way too much free time on my hands, and we, even got, we, <laughs> we haven't even gotten to Southern Charm yet. Like, there's so many Bravo shows. Okay, I'm going to step in right now. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And I'm going to ask you the question, yes. how did you first get into drag? <laughs> Ooh, good question. Yes. Okay. So, I first, I first got into drag when I was living in Montreal and it, it's, it's awesome. I've always been surrounded by, um, <clears throat> pardon me. <laughs> wow. Way to ruin that. <laughs> I'm like choking over here. <laughs> you finally asked a question. And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I first got into drag when I was living in Montreal and I would say ever since I was, 18, 19, when I started to come out to people and I started to, you know, kind of become one of the community and, you know, surround myself with queer people, I always found myself making friendships and, you know, having relationships with really artistic people. So I, I was in Montreal with my friend Ryan Turner and he, he is a a hairstylist as well as a makeup artist. So he would always dress up and it would be the glam. It'd be the, the wigs, the makeup, the costumes. And one day I was working and I received a phone call and he was like, Hey, we're going, uh, <laughs> Wait, what was that? <laughs> Excuse you. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Bentley's like on one today. Get the fuck up. No, it's hilarious. Not. Like, sure. oh, so cute. 
Don't tell him that. <laughs> he knows it. it. Like, oh yeah, he's, it's gonna get to his head. Oh, his um, evil head. Yes. <laughs> okay. Go anyways, on. I received a I received a phone call at work, and he basically was just like, "We're doing drag tonight," and we we went to our friend's place. He painted my face. I used to work at American Apparel. So my boss actually gave me a wig that was like on one of the mannequins because I didn't have one. I was wearing like chiffon and disco pants. And that's kind of like how it all started. Yeah, I was like, I was a disco queen. However, I ended up looking like, um, like a disco mafia wife. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for correcting me. Um, On your own death (laughs) burnout? Yeah. Um, and anyways, I ended up being, I ended up looking like an Italian mafia wife because I had like a black smoky eye, like a dark lip. I was wearing all black. And so that was like the first time. And it was actually quite funny because I didn't give myself a name. I was actually named geometric. So I remember sitting in the chair, getting my makeup done. And then I kind of had this panic where I was like, oh, my God, I don't don't have a name, guys. I can't go out if I don't have a name. And then my friend Judy Virago comes out of the kitchen. and She looks at me. She's like, geometric. And it was just like, (laughs) my life has changed ever since. I just felt this, like, spark inside me, like, ignite. And it was just like. Yeah, it was it was wild. It was a it was a cool experience to actually start dragging and to be named and to grow into the name, all that jazz. Love it. Uh, so that actually brings us to our second question. So you obviously developed uh, the persona geometric. How has she changed or developed over the years? Wow, I think she's changed and developed based off of my based off of the intention of drag. And I really liked, um, I really liked how you brought up that word Danica before in intention. I think that, I think that's huge when you're, you know, in your day to day life, but also when it comes to the art that you are producing and I, yeah, she's changed a lot based off of like life experiences. My parents actually got divorced when I was 20 years old. And now kind of like looking back, I really use Gia as an escape from, you know, dealing with that. And, you know, kind of, I used her as a way to, you know, step into this alternate universe and, you know, not be so sad about my parents getting divorced. And then, and then as I continued doing drag, I experienced some hardship and some, some negativity. So I'm actually from Toronto. I don't know if I said that before. So I, I, I was born and raised in Toronto. I lived in Montreal for a year. I'm now in Vancouver. But when I first actually started to perform in Toronto, um, I was bullied. I was bullied. I was bullied by like bar owners. I was bullied by other drag performers in the city based off of how I was presenting myself. And it was, it was really hard for me because I finally found something that, you know, not, I found something that I felt free doing and I found something that, you know, that I was good at. And I found something that, you know, my friends looked up to me for and that my friends supported me for. So 
to go through that negativity, it kind of, it kind of gave me thicker skin, but also made me more vulnerable and emotional. So, so then I moved to Vancouver and the coolest thing about moving to Vancouver is that I had a decision. I had a decision whether to present myself the way that I actually want to present myself or play it, play it safe and play it easy. And I presented myself to Vancouver as this like wacky extraterrestrial alien princess. And ever since then, my life has, my life has changed. Obviously there's been, you know, ups and downs, but I would say life experiences and the people that you meet along the way and, you know, what you believe in and your intention that kind of like helps shape the character as you move on. And as, uh, as you continue with what you do. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I mean, obviously like personas for work as well. I definitely echo what you say is the intention behind everything and developing as you develop. Like I've, I've been Riley since the beginning of my dancer career and she's also changed, you know, sometimes she changes nightly, you know, (laughs) (laughs) sometimes she's a nurse, you know? (laughs) And that's, that's the coolest thing about drag and about art is um, so I actually on my Instagram bio, it actually says shape shifting my way through life mm-hmm. because I see, I see myself as a shapeshifter, you know, when it comes to, when it comes to how I want to present myself or the definition of drag, there is no limits. There's no limits within that. And like you said, it can change. It can change every night. It can change. It can change every hour. And I think that's the coolest thing for what I do is that, I can change up my makeup. I can put a different wig on. I can change my outfit. And with that comes a persona. And are they the same all the time? Who knows? <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll kind of, we'll kind of see what you get on the night. <laughs> yeah. Ride, ride the wave out. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Let's just go with the flow. Let's see what happens. If you don't like her this night, you might like her the next night. We'll see. Mm-hmm. Love it. Um, I know I echo what Riley said and yourself as well. Like Danica has evolved over the years as well. And, and that's like a nice thing. Like you said yourself, like for you, Gia is an extension of yourself. Sometimes for other people, it is an escape. And I find the same with strippers. Like it's, it can be an escape where you go into the strip club and you may have had a fight with your boyfriend or, you know, X, Y, and Z. And you walk in and you're this bombshell that people are desiring and, and you get to, escape into this world of sexuality and you know blah 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 and um and some people they're very real with who they present as in the club and some people it's entire different persona you can be whoever you want to be and that's very therapeutic for a lot of people and that's such a great thing um and I love that I love that people can that we've we've given people um opportunities to you know be who they want present as who they want and escape into who they want to be and I, I love that so how often um, do you present as geometric and do you feel like you are separate from that persona? Is it an escape for you? Is it an extension? You kind of said that's more of an extension of you. Um, do you consider them two separate personas or do the two overlap quite a bit? Great question. And it's something that I really, <laughs> hair flip again. We love it. Um, Compliment me. <laughs> it's, a gr- it's a great question because I don't know if it's, um, it's sometimes not talked about as often how it really can be this, this mental struggle of living 
I'll make this reference, but like a Hannah Montana life. We actually just watched the Hannah Montana movie last night. So it's fresh. It's fresh in my brain. My partner had never seen it. So I was just like, um, we've got to watch this. Um, We're we're around the same age. Was Hannah Montana thing when we were, I don't think it was, was it? Oh my God. hundred percent. I, maybe I, I never watched Hannah Montana, but then I feel like I missed the boat. Was I, did I just miss the boat? I think you missed the boat. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. My youth was stolen from me. Okay. But but you know what? It also it also depends on like what it it could have been going on, but like what channels did you watch? Like I was okay, I'm so, so into Yeah, no, I had rabbit ears. Yeah. Do you know what rabbit ears are? Like antennas. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So like where like you had to like go to the rabbit ears and you had to like yeah, like find <laughs> the like signal. Yeah, okay, so that was my yeah, childhood. Yeah, you know, we didn't have cable. Okay. So maybe, maybe like, Hannah Montana was a huge thing, and I totally missed the fucking boat because I was trying to get, you know, Channel 11 with my <laughs> fucking rabbit ears. Okay, no. Exactly, yeah, and you just, you slightly missed Hannah Montana. Uh, yeah, it, it, was, <laughs> it was one inch over to the left, and my, yeah, I got the fuzzy yeah. Channel 11 news, got it. Okay, cool. You were almost there, yeah. Well, then that's, that's shame um, on me and not on you. Because, <laughs> okay, I missed, I missed our childhood. <laughs> cool, thanks, parents. Go on, Hannah Montana. I'm going to force her to watch it with me later because me and your partner missed it. Go. <laughs> yes. Yes, you've got to do it. Anyways, you know what? It's it's interesting because when you being being a drag performer and being two people, that's that's kind of like how I viewed it at the beginning and that's where I kind of felt like I was living this double Hannah Montana life where you know, I was by day I was Giorgio, by night I was Gia, but also when I first moved to Vancouver, Vancouver knew me as Gia because that's how, that's how I met everyone. I met everyone at the bar. The second night I was in Vancouver, it was Gia. And that's how, that's how we introduced myself. So back in the day, and we're talking about almost six years ago, actually my six year anniversary is coming up next month. I, I struggled a lot with identity and I struggled a lot with who I was. And, you know, I almost felt like I was being lost behind the art and that the artist who is Giorgio was being lost because Gia was taking over the life. So it kind of, at the, be- at the beginning, there was a lot of overlap and there was a lot of, Gia actually brought a lot of sadness into my life because I didn't really, I don't think I understood fully what she was there to do for me. And as the years went on, I was able to, you know, dig within myself and really have those conversations with myself as to what Gia meant, what are my intentions with Gia, and and that's when I kind of found some clarity. And when it comes to when it comes to my my pronouns now, which are they them, um, that's actually something quite recent for me. So I was actually in New York with, uh, with a few of my girlfriends and we were there for, what were we there for? Oh my God. We were there for New York fashion week. We were actually, I was walking in New York fashion week, which is crazy to say. I sometimes forget that it happened. Um, (laughs) and I, I finally felt, I felt a weight lifted off of my shoulders because I was in a place where I could be whoever I want and I could do whatever I want. And I, 
and I felt free and I felt comfortable. And I was actually with my friend Berlin and we, we got all dolled up in the morning. We walked New York fashion week. Um, I had my first human unit on. So I was wearing human hair and we actually stayed in face and like we had everything on all day. And it was the first time that I actually felt like I felt comfortable in that feminine side without actually being in full drag. So it was kind of, there's, there's tons and tons of moments that I, uh, that I can like pinpoint as to, uh, as to like where she, where she kind of like takes over. But now I feel a little bit more clear as to who she is and who I am. Mm-hmm. Sorry, that was like a long ramble. I, no, <laughs> I, was no, like, no. I sometimes get lost in the thoughts. No, and I, I think it's important to uh, um, mention as well, right? Like where one part of you stops and the other, the quote unquote real or, or vanilla or what, however you want to you know refer to it starts again. And and I find that the more you know, especially doing this podcast, and the more that I'm Riley not in a club, those two kind of uh, overlap more and more. And in, I mean, I've always called you Gia. And I think that's just because uh, we added each other on Instagram and your Instagram is, is Gia. Yeah. Do, of you, course. do you feel like that sort of dismissive of like Georgia? No, no, not at all. And like I said, back in the day, like if this was like five years ago, I, it would upset me a little bit because mm-hmm. I would, in my head, I would be defending myself being like, well, I'm not Gia right now. I'm Giorgio. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it wasn't something that I would always verbalize, but it's something that I would like, you know, keep trapped inside myself and that it would, it would cause me some pain. But now I'm like, I'm like, no, I am Gia. I am Gia. I am Giorgio. And I kind of, I respect it when people ask me, but I also give the freedom to people who know me as Gio or as Giorgio to call me as they wish. And sometimes, sometimes I like to be called G because it's kind of like a combination of the both of them. And my mom actually calls me G, which I love. So, um, so yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't bother me now again, just because, uh, I'm Gia and that's who I am and I love her. (laughs) Yeah. And so how often, I mean, obviously, uh, with COVID, it's a little bit difficult. You said, you know, with bars and stuff being closed, you're not able to, uh, perform, uh, in drag as much. So how, but I guess on a regular time, do you ever embody, uh, Gia not performing? Like, do you ever go out as her or just have, you know, fun as her or. Yeah. Um, you know what? It's, Last year, last year was a little bit difficult, of course, because we weren't going out and I wasn't, Gia is very, Gia is like my performing character. She's, she's not someone that I, I don't like, I only, I only get into drag when I am performing or when I have, when I have an event. So last year it was, it was definitely lacking, but it was, it was interesting because we also had to find new ways to stay connected with our characters, but also like produce art and create content and, you know, still have that connection with our audiences. And so usually I would say like in past years, I would probably be, 
I'd probably be Gia like three times a week, depending, you know, more or less depending on the opportunities. And last year was maybe like, like sometimes, sometimes I went months. Like there was, there was some pockets where I actually went months without, you know, getting into drag months without, you know, popping on a song and dancing in my living room and all that kind of stuff. But it's, uh, yeah, it, it really depends. And like I said, she is, she is like a performance character for me. Yeah. All right. Yeah. No, that, that makes sense. Um, yeah, I find, I, I mean, when I go out to bars and stuff, I introduce myself as Riley a lot. And I think it's just nice to have that, um, separation between people that I don't know and like not wanting to share the quote unquote real me. And I feel like, you know, mm-hmm. Riley is sort of a protective layer of that. Mm-hmm. Of course. Definitely. Um, so yeah. you've actually won a plethora of awards, uh, Vancouver's next drag superstar in 2018, as well as Vancouver's entertainer of the year in 2016. Um, so how does one become a drag superstar? You are born with it, baby. (laughs) (laughs) You got it or you don't, okay? (laughs) Yeah. That's what everyone wants to hear. You either have it or you don't. That's, you know, that's the equation. Um, You know what? There is, there's this awesome competition called Vancouver's Next Drag Superstar. And it happens every single, like, January, February. And it really is a competition for, for you to enter. And anyone can enter. And it really just pushes you to new limits. When I was doing it in 2018, I, I learned so much about myself and I, I pushed myself out of my comfort zone. And there definitely was, there definitely was a few times, you know, where you, where you think you're kind of like on the edge of failing, but it kind of like, that's what makes you the superstar is that you're able to kind of like wrap your head around it you know, secure the bag, pull yourself up. And, and then, you know what, it really is, it really is the luck of the draw. And it really, the competition was also audience based as well. So there is a panel of judges, but also the votes come in from the audience. So is it a popularity contest? Some might say yes, but I, I worked my ass off and I forever will be a Vancouver's Next Drag Superstar. Yeah. Hey! <laughs> so, I mean, and my ignorance is absolutely going to come out here, so bear with me. Um, what is involved in competing in that? Like, I, I'm kind of picturing it like a the beauty competition. I, I, what do you call those? Like, pageants where you mm. have to do, like, the oh, like walk and then your talent and mm, mm, mm. say what okay. starving kids in Africa mean to you. Or <laughs> <laughs> You know what? So think of it as a – think of it as, like, a mini – a mini drag race, like, live competition. So basically what would happen is each week you would have a – each week you would have a main, um, a main task to do and you would have one week to fulfill the task and open to interpretation because you can do it, you know, you can do it, you can present yourself as you wish. And then, and then you would go to the club. It was hosted at celebrities and you would present, you would present kind of, you know, what you came up with. There would be a runway challenge. 
Sometimes they would throw in some spiciness so you'd be caught off guard. But it very much was like an in-real-life Vancouver version of, like, RuPaul's Drag Race thing. Okay, cool. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm assuming it's probably and not going on this uh, this year, but... I don't, I don't believe so, unfortunately. <laughs> I was actually thinking about that the other day. I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, it's not happening, and it's been going on for seven, eight, nine, maybe this might've been like the 10th year. It might've been the ninth year. Um, I'm not like, I'm not too certain. I can't remember fully, but it was going to, it's like, it's iconic in Vancouver and it's been going on for years and years and years. So it's actually, it's quite sad that, you know, the, the entertainers aren't going to have that, that mm-hmm. platform this year. Yeah. I'm uh, assuming it probably doesn't have the same sort of shine, uh, over zoom. <laughs> no, 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 definitely, definitely not. I don't, I don't know if it have the same impact. <laughs> um, so as a drag performer, where would you, I guess, like to see that career take you? Like, is there an ultimate dream or competition that you want to compete in? Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. No, that makes so much sense. And you know what? It is, it's so exciting to, to be a Canadian drag performer right now because Canada's drag race just started and the first season actually aired last year and the new season casting for 2021 has just opened. So that is definitely, yeah, it's definitely something that I am working towards. It's definitely a, it's an opportunity that I see myself a part of Mm -hmm. and the way that I like am processing everything is I am, I'm confident in what I do. I know what my strengths are. I know what my opportunities are. And I see myself on that show and I see myself doing well. It's just a matter of when, and this, like I said, with this new year and with this go get them attitude that I'm feeling, um, I feel like, I feel like it's the year. I feel like it's my year. I'm so ready to present everything that I've worked so hard on and I'm ready to, for, you know, Canada and the world to fall in love with me and like every part of me, I'm ready to be vulnerable. And so that is, that's the goal. And it's so cool because for the last 13 years, you know, we've been here in Canada watching RuPaul's Drag Race, this huge phenomenon that has opened so many doors to queer culture and, drag performance and expression and all that jazz. And it was only a, we could only watch from a distance. And now that Canada's drag race has become a thing. It's in hands reach and it's, you know, it's real. It's so real. It's an opportunity that I can be a part of and it's going to happen. I'm like so ready. I'm so excited. <laughs> Do you, cause I mean, I don't really know many other TV shows that are focused around uh, drag artists or drag performers. Do you feel like uh, RuPaul's Drag Race has kind of opened up um, that industry to more people who might've had some sort of stigma like towards it? Absolutely. And it is, it has done such an amazing job and not only giving artists a platform to, to excel at what they do, but it's also given the world an insight into, into our world and into, into queer culture. And, you know, they, it's not only, 
it's not only people dressing up and dancing around as clowns, you know, they, the way that RuPaul has made it so educational and so, um, it's just, it's, it's that thing that kind of just like pulled everything together for our generations. And, you know, I think it's, I think it's a great opportunity for, um, even like my mother, my mother loves RuPaul's Drag Race. Yeah. And, and it's, and it's awesome because, you know, just kind of like what we were talking about before, you know, they, our parents don't necessarily know all the terms. They don't necessarily know all the moments in history that has defined queer culture. And I think that's what it's amazing for. It's amazing for moments like that, but also for people like me to, you know, pack your bags, go on this TV show and have your life changed because, you know, now you're number one, a contestant on a reality TV show, but you know, drag performers are so huge these days that they're being including in so many things. So the opportunities are endless and yeah, it's been, it's been such a game changer. And like I said, it's so dope to know that it's come to Canada and that it's done well. So it's like I said, it's like, it's a matter of time that you will, uh, that you'll see me on the show and I'm confident about that. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> well, uh, if you're on this year, is it like a voting thing? Like, or do you just get accepted by the, um, so you have to, it's a full, it's like a full audition process mm-hmm. and then they cast and you go on the show and yada, yada, yada. And then the rest is history. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like for me, or at least what I've observed in my personal life is RuPaul's Drag Race has just sort of humanized drag performance, you know, like, mm-hmm. and, yeah. and just, you know, people enjoy watching the theatrics of it, obviously everyone's very talented with making their own costumes and stuff. Mm. And I remember I started watching, I used to live with two or three guys, two guys. And so me, I know. (laughs) know. Uh, And I started watching RuPaul's Drag Race with their girlfriends when they came over and slowly and surely, you know, the guys would just be in the living room, but they got really invested, you know, and then we couldn't watch it without them. Like it was, you had to wait for everyone (laughs) to come home. (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think to a point that you made is that it also showcased what a drag performer actually is. Because, again, going back to the generation before us, and I'll speak, I'll speak based off of the conversations that I've had with my mom, where, you know, back in their day, it was, it was cross-dressing. It was just, it was just a man dressing up as a woman. Was it always... Um, well put together? Was it always polished? No. And my mom even admitted that, you know, that kind of put a, um, like a negative taste in her mouth because, you know, she was like, just, it was, it was her perception of how they were presenting and there was no education around it. There was no, um, there was no storyline, you know, because you don't know someone's story. And, watching RuPaul's Drag Race and, of course, me being, you know, her child and sharing my experiences with her, she, she now understands and she now, she now understands what goes into it and she now understands the difference between, um, you know, the different representations and, you know, what it actually takes to, to be a drag performer, but also going back to, 
you know, that moment that she had when she was younger, she's kind of just like, oh, I feel bad for, I feel bad for judging that person because that was just how they wanted to present themselves. So it's like, it's really given an insight on not only queer culture, but what it takes to be a drag performer. Mm -hmm. I mean, and and let's be honest, like definitely some contestants on the show are not polished and put together. (laughs) But no, no. (laughs) but you know what? They're, they're definitely not, but that's kind of like how, that's kind of how they want to be presented. Yeah. You know what I mean? That, that is their drag. And if they love their drag, all of the power to you. Do I have to love their drag? Absolutely not. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. Uh, individualistic for sure. Yes, exactly. So, yeah. So as sex workers, um, you know, we're seeing a lot of parallels here, you know, escapism and, and, and extensions of yourself and being able to be someone else. So as sex mm-hmm. workers, you know, we're, we constantly discuss the difficulties of dating. It's, it's really fucking hard as a sex worker and, you know, understandably yeah. so there's a lot of, um, things that come up that, you know, we call them squares or non-sex workers don't, can't, can't wrap their head around. Right. So, um, I, we assume there are some hurdles for yourself, um, that you've had to navigate looking for love while uh, while being a drag artist. So do you just want to uh, yes. touch on that and, and how dating is as a drag artist? Of course, and it uh, it was it was difficult. <laughs> it was really really tough at times, mainly because you know in the queer in the queer community, a drag performer is is put on a pedestal. It's put on a pedestal in your city and, you know, and online. A lot of people know who you are for your art. And one thing that I came across, I'm now happily partnered um, with my boyfriend, Alex. So it, it happens, it happens, it can happen. Um, yeah, I've seen him <laughs> lurking in the background. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's there somewhere. I don't know where he is. He's been, like, walking around. <laughs> um no, but it was, it was really hard at the beginning because a lot of, a lot of guys that I, you know, had interest in, they, they, they always thought that I was, that I wanted to be a woman. And that was kind of, that was kind of like that, that crossover where they were unaware of my intention of drag and they were unaware of what I was actually doing. And they were just assuming that I wanted to become a woman and that I was doing drag because I, because I, I wanted to transition into a woman. And that was, it was really difficult for me. And not always was it something that, you know, these people would say to me, but it'd be something that I would actually hear lingering in the background mm-hmm. or, an example that I have, I don't know, I'll always remember this, is one time I'm like, I'm like at the club, I'm talking to these guys who are all my friends, and they're just like, for some reason they bring up, oh yeah, our friend over there, our friend over there thinks you're cute, um, but he uh, he doesn't think that he could ever do it because uh, because you want to be a girl, or he sees you as a girl. And I was like, I was like, wait, what? Yeah. I was like, I was like, pardon me. Come I was again? like, so, so your friend thinks that I'm cute when I'm not in drag, but doesn't think that he can do it 
because he sees me as a girl and he thinks that I want to be a girl. I'm like, okay, there's a lot wrong with that situation. And obviously that didn't make me feel the greatest. And I, you know, maybe I'm realizing now that I, I kept that, I kept that moment with me because it was like a real eye opener into like what I do, why I'm doing it, but also like the person, the person that I want to be with, like, they are not in that frame of mind. That is not what they're thinking. Um, so it was, yeah, it it was difficult and it was sad, but also being a young queer person, I found myself boy crazy. (laughs) I think, I think not being able to find love made me, made me more boy crazy because I was just like, well, it has to be out there. And then you start to turn on yourself being like, what's wrong with me? Um, I contemplated so many times quitting drag to find love because I was holding love and drag at different standards. Mm -hmm. And I saw them as like two things that clashed with each other. And for a little bit, I strongly believed that if I was doing drag, that I would never, I would never find a partner who loved me because all of these experiences led me to understand that you know, one person can't love all of me. Um, so it was definitely like a darker time, but like I said, I, it's, we actually just hit our, our one year anniversary. Oh, congratulations. So, thank you. So it, it's so cute. And it's kind of thinking back and like, Oh my God, I really put myself through the gutter. Like I yeah. was, I was really hard on myself. I was so hard on myself based off of, you know, some situations and you know, my partner, his name is Alex and he like, he accepts me for who I am and he accepts every angle of me. And, you know, we're, we're in it to like, to grow together. And he, yeah, he, he asks me, he asks me the right questions and he, you know what, he knows, he knows what my intentions are and he's like, and he's my cheerleader and he's not trying to change me. So it's, yeah, it's been a journey. <laughs> yeah. No, I I completely understand, you know, those those experiences when you, you know, become vulnerable to a person um, and, you know, you want to be accepted for all areas of you um, and then it's kind of thrown back in yourself, like in your face and, you know, someone didn't even mistake your pronouns. They literally gendered you. Um, yeah. I, yeah, that's, I mean – for sure harsh and you know we obviously different experiences but we always say like a person is okay with all parts of you until there's a moment or like there's a fight and then it's the first thing that they throw in your face or just an excuse yeah yeah so absolutely and yeah you know what and it was something like I said it was so it was so like detrimental to me Mm -hmm. that like even, even talking about it now, because I, I don't talk about this a lot and I don't, and thank you for the opportunity to, um, you know, to let some of this out because not very, not very many people ask me these types of questions and it's, um, yeah, I'm kind of like, I'm looking back at it now and I'm just like, holy shit. Like that was like, that was sad. Like that was, Mm -hmm. it was so sad that I, that I almost let other people, take something away from me that means so much or you know I can't believe I almost let people um 
people's opinions or people's views on me, like point me in the direction of not, you know, continuing my art just to find love. I'm kind of like mind blown at the moment. Yeah. Whoa. For sure. And I think like for me, and this is just such a um, preconceived notion that I had um, was that like, I would think being part of the queer community that would have what that would happen less, right? Like you would you would think that anyone in the LGBTQ uh, A plus community um, would be more willing to ask your your intentions behind you know using different pronouns or doing drag, and I I, I shouldn't be shocked because obviously as like uh, two bi girls, um, there's definitely like a lot of biphobia, and I think that you just you think that you know, the community, which is so open and has fought for so many rights would be more open, you know? Uh, Absolutely. Oh my gosh. That is like, it's huge. It's huge. You would think that for the amount of work that we have put in for, you know, fighting for our freedom and fighting for acceptance that we'd be a little nicer to each other, but no, honey, that is, that is not the case. And there's so many, it's so, it's so clicky, mm-hmm. you know, it's so, it's so clicky and there's so many different, even within like the queer community, there's so many labels and there's like, you know, being a feminine, being like a feminine boy, it was like, there was so much hate around that. And like, when you're on all these dating apps, there's like, there's people in bios who are saying like, mask for mask or mask only or you know like no femmes and it's kind of like you know what you are open you're open to having like your preferences mm-hmm. and you are like you're attracted to who you're attracted to but to say something like that it's so it's so degrading to you know to someone because that's just who they are you know mm-hmm. like I'm not waking up being like oh you know let's be extra femme today mm-hmm. I'm like no, hun, I'm gonna wake up, wake Feel up, and I'm gonna day. be who I am. <laughs> so, yeah, feels like a real like, send day. <laughs> <laughs> and it's so within the queer community, there's a lot of like discrimination against you know different individuals on how they present themselves, and it's it's quite sad. Has it has it gotten better? A hundred percent. We're definitely moving in a direction where I think you know, people are, people are being a little bit more respectful to that scenario. But my goodness, there was like, I, I sometimes felt that I sometimes felt that I had to be, or I had to present myself as more masculine to, to get someone to look at me or to, you know, going out, going out to the bars. Like sometimes I would try to dress um, less feminine. I don't even know what that means, <laughs> but just to try to get someone to look at me to like, you know, mm-hmm. have a connection. And nowadays I'm like, fuck that. You know, I don't give a shit what you think. <laughs> but you know what? Like yeah. relating that to sex work too. Um, I, we know that we call it, it's all about us. <laughs> back to us. Uh, yeah. That's great. All about you, but back to us. Uh, <laughs> no, I love it. You guys, I'm actually, I'm actually learning a lot um, from your perspective today. So I'm like, I appreciate this. I'm having so much fun. Yeah. We literally just have people on here to talk about ourselves. Yeah, yeah. Um, we'll yeah. have you on, on a different episode, but you can just ask us questions. Yeah, you're actually here to interview us. Um, Absolutely. <laughs> no, but, um, 
But it is relatable in the sense, you know, we've talked about it before, the concept of the hierarchy. Um, you know, it's a play on the hierarchy of whores. And, um, yeah. and we see, that. you're welcome. Uh, you want me one more time? Break it down. The hierarchy of whores is the hierarchy. <laughs> one more time. A, B, C equals D. Um, but yeah, you're yeah. welcome. Yeah. Okay. I'm a psychology degree. Are you a psychology degree? Not an English degree, not mathematics, okay? No, 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 no. no. I'm like really no, smart. No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, I bought big boobs. Leave me alone. Um, <laughs> I don't have to have personality. Um, <laughs> no, but um, but it's it's a it's very a, a very real thing within sex work that um, people are you know they hate against each other and the LGBTQ community mm-hmm. as well with bi- bisexuals, biphobia. It's very real. And we see in the strip club saying, you know, I'm a stripper, I'm not an escort. And then an escort saying, well, I'm an escort, I'm not a whore, or I'm an expensive whore, I'm not a cheap whore, blah, 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 X, Y, and Z. And, you know, the only reason I think it exists, or one of the reasons why I think it is so prevalent, and, you know, logically, what we're we're saying, you know, we shouldn't be against each other because we get so much from the outside world. You think we would, like, uh, band together and when want to protect each other? Unfortunately, I think... Because we are such marginalized groups and we're so used to hate from the outside world, I think some people in our communities, they think, okay, if I can distance myself within my community, I stand a chance. You know, maybe people outside won't yeah. hate me as much if I hate on my community with them. You know, so you see it when I see strippers talking to squares, non, non-sex workers, they go, I'm just a stripper. I'm not like those. I'm not like those people. You know, I'm not like a, a real whore. And it's almost like yeah. we see in our communities this hate from the outside world that if we can distance ourselves from our community, then maybe, yeah, maybe we won't get as much hate. Um, and yeah, that, it's really absolutely. shitty to see, right? Like that, it's it's shitty and I, I, I'd like to think it's getting better. And I, I, I do see, I don't know, Riley, if you can touch on this as well and you, you agree or yourself, Gia, I think we are making moves to see less of it especially for as a bisexual, like, you know, people are standing up and saying, you know, when back in, I remember, fuck, 10 years ago, when I started being more open about being bisexual, people were like, oh, you just don't know what you want. You know, like, oh, you just, you're you know. greedy. Yeah. yeah, you want everything. You're just a whore. <laughs> like, you just want all the There's, genitals. There was always, <laughs> there was always, like, an excuse. There was mm-hmm. always an excuse for that, right? It was just like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You're not, you're not actually that, you know, you're just, you're just trying to figure it out. So you don't, like, you choose a path, the yada yada. You're like, no, no, no. That's that's me, man. Yeah, like, I chose it. That is me. <laughs> I'm on it. Yeah. <laughs> and I and I think I think we're starting to see more people just number one be at peace with themselves, which allows them to be at peace with other people being who they want to be. And and I think that's I think that's the recipe. And I think it's I think it's a lot of I think it's a lot of insecurities that come out as negativities towards other people because you are not okay with yourself and you know what and that's that's it Mm -hmm. and you know what we can't we can't predict you know the future or the direction that things you know will go but we can just continue to doing what we're doing in you know being those people and leading by example and Hopefully, hopefully others will follow. <laughs> One can hope. Here's to hope. Yeah. So this is a very 
broad question to throw at you. So what are some misconceptions or stigmas about drag that you would like to debunk, basically? Like, if you had the chance to be like, this is wrong, fuck you guys for this. <laughs> yeah. Um, wow, that, that, that's a, that is a tough one. She's broad. Um, <laughs> She's a big girl. I mean, so obviously one that you've just spoken about is uh, those who do drag want to be a woman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So those um, those who do drag want to be a woman. Um, that um, I think a big one is that transgenders can also do drag. I think that's like I think that's a huge one that kind of has been brought to light. Where people are like, well, if well, no, if you're if you're transgender, if you were born male and transitioned into a female then you can't do drag. And I think that is, that is totally not the case. That is going against the definition of drag. Um, and so I think that is, that is a huge one. I have, you know, I have some, I have some friends who are, you know, transitioning and you have transitions and they're amazing drag artists and that should be celebrated. And it's really cool that even on RuPaul's Drag Race season 13, we're seeing Got Mick, who is a a transgender male who is doing drag. And it's like, and that's that. And I think that's where we're moving in the direction where, you know, we are correcting these, these stigmas Mm -hmm. and the, you know, this negativity and bringing a light to the situations where we can celebrate them. And, um, drag queens are, or drag entertainers or drag artists, whatever we want to call them. We're not all bitches. (laughs) (laughs) You know, and yeah. <laughs> um, that is one. Um, what are some other ones? Um, that I think that we're perfect. I think, I think something that I, um, that I struggle with is like being in the public eye. It's, it's interesting because when you're, when you're, <laughs> Even just, even just like little old me over here, it's, um, you, you, you feel and experience a little bit of the fame, you know, you, you have fans, you have people that come to your show, you have people that look up to you and, you know, you try to be a great role model, but also something that we see in a lot of like big celebrities is when they have their moments being like, oh my God, like I'm also a human, mm-hmm. like I'm also a human and I... I try, I think, I think that's, that's another one is that, you know what, we're not, I can't be a superhero all the time. You know, I have like, I have my issues too. And, you know, I might say something and I might make a mistake and, you know, you can correct me and I'm, I'm learning and I'm growing just as everyone else is. And I think sometimes, especially online, there's this, um, this hardship and there's this expectation on, um, on artists and especially, you know, again, I can only speak for myself, but there's just this expectation to be perfect and to say the right thing over and over and over again. You know, I'm, I'm human. I make mistakes. Can I be your superhero? You know, like this day, this day, and this day, absolutely. Um, but, but yeah, and that's, that's why I try to focus on, you know, having some tough conversations online just to kind of bring that vulnerability into uh, into my platform. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, that's uh, definitely good to know because I feel like that's, I mean, we talk about stigmas all the time, but we very, I very really kind of understand stigmas from another point of view, right? Like I, I'm just so unaware of what are stigmas for, you know, other industries. Of course. And you know what? And there's probably, there's probably stigmas that I don't even know that people are talking about and I don't want to know. Yeah. So let me tell you something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? And there's like, and that's kind of, that's also a decision that sometimes I make is to almost like be like, it's just like kind of put your wall up, you know, it's just like people are always going to talk smack. People are always going to have their opinions. Um, and it's just kind of like, you know what, if I don't know what's going on, then sometimes I don't have to deal with it. Is that the best way to, to make a difference and to, you know, move the mark? No, but sometimes you got to do it. Yeah, no, definitely. I, uh, it's a, it's a whole pick, pick your battle type scenario. hundred percent pick your battle and like, you know, sometimes, sometimes you just leave the battle to someone else. Yeah. <laughs> this is not a war for me. <laughs> yeah. And I think even joking aside, like you have to protect your own energy, right? And, and some things you can't, and this is like when I, when I guest lecture at the university, it's a question I've gotten, I've gotten asked before is, you know, what do you, how do you approach or how do you change people's mind that are anti-sex worker, you know, they hate on you for being a sex worker. And I, I, in a perfect world, I would love to be, you know, this shining light that everyone looks at me after they talk to me like, wow, my, you changed my vision. Like I understand now, but you, you aren't unfortunately. And you have to kind of, when you, someone addresses you or says something to you, you have to kind of take into account, like, am I going to change their opinion? Am I going to have an impact on what I'm going to say? And if it's going to fall on deaf ears, is it worth the energy? Is it worth putting myself in that position? Is it worth that mental strain to, you know, whatever? So um, I think you do have to take that into account too. Like you're not going to change everyone's opinion. And that comes with also being, like we said, uh, confident who you are. And that's, and once you're that kind of person, what you, you know what you're doing is good and you're, and you can touch on people that need it. But does that make, you know what I mean? And like you can't, you can't fix everyone. You can't. You know, yeah. yeah, you could have a little bit of like self-preservation. As exactly, well. like not. You know why? Why expend the energy when you're not going to achieve anything? Yes, and one of my new favorite sayings. This is finally like one chance to use it. Is this is it? Is that that? Is <laughs> wait, it? drum roll, wait, please. Wait for it. Wait for it. <laughs> I'm probably getting it. That was it sounded horrible. Um, <laughs> we don't have a great budget for sound. Um, is is this the hill you want to die on? There it is. That's the same. <laughs> the saying you're welcome (laughs) and i'm finally getting to use it but it's true right like is this the hill i'm gonna say one more time is this the hill you want to die on (laughs) you know yeah 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 you're welcome (laughs) you can use it as your uh instagram caption (laughs) you're welcome (laughs) but is this the hill you want to die on question mark (laughs) right and i'm not gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna have to give credit i stole it from um the uh, crime obsessed, true crime obsessed podcast. So it wasn't mine. <laughs> but anyway, uh, wow, plagiarism. That's okay. Yeah. <laughs> In APA formatting, I quoted them, okay? <laughs> Reference. <laughs> but no, but uh, speaking on, you know, protecting your energy and protecting your mental health, you know, look at that segue. Oof, girl. Um, <laughs> you know, it's something we talked about with you before we started recording was mental health. And that's, I think, 
especially this last year, um, people really start talking about mental health, which is great because I think a lot of people's mental health took a hit. Just say mental health one more time. And one more time, mental health. <laughs> mental health, baby. Let's Everyone say it. Everyone together, one more time. Um, what is it, MH? What am I, what are we calling? That's my other word I can use here. <laughs> but um but speaking of mental health um but uh this last year really it really came into um it came into i want to say focus for a lot of people was how covid affected it and people started to and i think just too like you know we've said it you know multiple times throughout this podcast our generation is really and <laughs> she's giving me the side eye you that i'm a dork and i drag out every question it's really the simple questions i've made now five minute con- long conversation but anyway back Did to me you make the movie title <laughs> that was me too long woo long foo whatever <laughs> Things that it's happening again it's happening it is happening <laughs> mental health go okay <laughs> I, I love her and that's why she's mean to me. That's why I tell myself, you know, super healthy <laughs> abusive love relationship. Um, back to my long-winded <laughs> question here. Uh, mental health. <laughs> Big topic. Um, I'm so sorry that we dragged, we dragged you on here. You're like, these bitches are dizzy. <laughs> I'm like... I'm, like, posting on Instagram right now being like, ah. <laughs> no one ever talked to these girls. Like, they don't know what the hell's happening. Blacklist warning. If they if I ask you to be on the podcast, just Block these up. bitches. <laughs> bitches he blocked. Um, but, yeah, mental health. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had a very long night. Fuck y'all. Anyways, um, it's a very real thing, mental health. <laughs> I wrote a question. Just read it. You're like, just read the question. Bitch, it's a three-word question. <laughs> Figure it out. Okay, this is her question. Okay, let me hear it. Yeah. Oh, oh it's over here. One. Okay, so you mentioned <laughs> that you overcome some mental health barriers, particularly anxiety. Yes. Um, and, you know, I... <laughs> Just no, I'm just fucking with Riley because I just want to drive her crazy now. But um, so, okay, do you feel like drag has been an asset to you when dealing with those mental health? You know, we talked about being escape, and and has that kind of helped you with your anxiety, with your mental health? Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's it. I'll wrap it up. You know what? It's um, one hundred percent. And I think to touch on to touch on last year with with performing being taken away, it was more evident how much drag means to me and how much it is necessary in my life for my mental health. Because it's like, like I said, it was the first time in five years that I was only working my one job, like physically going out to do it. And there was like a huge, there was a huge missing piece because it is that, it's that moment that, you know, you get to, you get to escape and you get to, you get to leave your shit at the door and you get to, um, you get to go on stage and you get to make so many people happy and you get to feel the energy of so many people, you know, in the bar, in the, you know, wherever you're performing. And it really, it really has helped me. It's really has, has helped me like find peace with a lot of things. And, you know, if I'm having a bad day, it's that one thing that I can be like, 
okay, let's do it. That whole transformation process, like it's a, it's a full transformation, you know? And it's just like, as I'm doing my makeup, as I'm getting dressed, as I'm putting my wig on, as I'm, you know, slipping my shoes on, packing my bags, I am like, I'm literally entering a new universe in my head. If, if people around me aren't there with me, that's their problem. Yeah. But it's like, I really realized last year that it's so important in my life. And I found myself in a few dark places throughout the year and not recognizing that it was because I wasn't doing drag. And when I came to that realization, now I would say like the last, maybe like one, two, maybe like the last three months of the year and like, you know, continuing moving forward, whenever I'm in a dark space, I, I'll just, I'll paint my face. I'll get into drag, I'll either do a makeup look or I'll take a quick photo. And afterwards, I feel accomplished. I feel at ease. Um, is the anxiety completely gone? No, but that's okay because it's a work in progress. But definitely drag is like a nice, it's, it's therapeutic for sure. For sure. Yeah, I think there's, I mean, even I look very much the same when I'm, I mean, obviously done up and not so haggard um, yeah. when I'm Riley and I, I do kind of what you say is it's very therapeutic to go through that transition of becoming Riley and like, yeah, talking myself up and giving myself a little pep talk. And then even at the end of it, you know, showering everything off and just washing that experience off of me. It's, yeah. Yeah. It's like, a, it's, it's a ritual and I, it's very comforting. Yeah. And it, 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 it's comforting, but it's also like, um, I don't know when, when you, you, when you do something that you're good at, Mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's rewarding. It's rewarding and like, and the things that come from it. And, um, yeah, it's crazy. I could not, I could not imagine my life without dragging it. Like not one bit. I I don't know. I don't know where I would be as a human. Yeah. I, I completely understand that. I feel like, Oh, sorry. I just hit the table. I feel like, I have helped Riley grow just as much as she has helped me grow. And do yeah. you, have you found the same with, you know, building your two personas or I mean you and your persona up? Yeah, absolutely. And like, you know what, a, a lot of, um, a lot of that actually comes with, you know, who you surround yourself with, um, as you could probably relate in the industries that we do work in, Like partying is huge. Partying is so huge. And for myself, it was actually easy to get caught up in the partying. And I, there was, there was a few years there where, you know, my intentions, my intentions of drag became a little blurred because I was just, I was drinking too much or we were partying. I was like, I was experiencing these, these new emotions or I was allowing, I was allowing these like deep rooted emotions to come out while I was in drag because I was getting lost in the party aspect of it. Mm. And so, yeah, so I definitely, I definitely saw like a few dark spaces based off of like the environment that we do work in, but from there and from people around me, um, Actually, one of my best friends, Kenneth or Kendall Gender, uh, another drag performer. Mm-hmm. That's an amazing remember, name. 
Yeah. Um, so, so incredible. And just a really, a really good human. And they, they really helped shape who I am today in and out of drag. And I remember this one moment we were like, I was wasted and we were walking down Davy street and she looked at me and she's like, she's like, you're getting like, you're getting mean. Like you're getting, you're getting angry, you know? And like, and from that moment I was kind of like, Oh my God, that's not how I want to present myself. And recently I've actually, you know, put drinking, um, not fully aside, but I, I drink here and there on occasion, mainly because, you know, from those experiences, I'm like, I don't want to become that person. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be, I don't want to be that person. I don't want my friends telling me that I'm being mean and that I'm, that I'm angry. And, you know, and from there, there was a lot of self exploration as to why I was, you know, why I was feeling that way and when it was coming out and who it was coming out to. Um, but yeah, definitely like environment and who you surround yourself with and experiences in and out of, you know, our work life definitely like shape us as people. For sure. Yeah, no, I, I definitely echo everything that you just said. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, and it's, it's so tough. Like, you know, like just like, just booze. And like we were talking about before, it's just like the, the water shots, the spilling it over the, yeah. <laughs> the, the <laughs> no, we can, we can cut that no, out. No, no, yeah. I'm kidding. It's, it's a very like no, well-known. Yeah. And it's just kind of like, it's like, it's an evident, it's an evident thing and it doesn't happen to everyone. But like, like I said, I speak for myself and I, I lost myself in the partying and, um, and it's changed now, which I'm very fortunate for. <laughs> yeah, very good. Um, yeah, right. yeah. So we have some lovely transgender listeners. Uh, so I wanted to ask as obviously a drag performer, um, and you said you worked in the uh, beauty industry as well. Uh, what advice would you give to those wanting to adapt a more feminine look? Oh, good question. Um, one who's trying to um, adapt a more feminine look is to, um, well, number one, come into Sephora, come ask me questions. Yeah, um, I am there all the know, time. Yeah, and I think, and I think that's it. And you know what? Um, like I said, I, I have a few friends who are who are on the journey of transitioning, and it's from from what they share with me, it can be it's a hard journey. Mm-hmm. It's a hard, but it's like you utilize what's around you and you are surrounded by love. And, you know, even if you don't have, um, even if you don't know me, you know, but you're in Sephora's and you want to ask questions. And I think that's like the main thing is just is ask questions. Um, and it's hard. It's hard to say, it's hard to give like concrete advice because everyone has like a different you know, a different path that they're going down. Um, but it's kind of like use like, yeah, use your surroundings and just, and just use that opportunity to ask questions and, you know, working within, working within the Sephora world, um, you know, as a, as a brand partner with them, it's, uh, I've had a lot of, I've had a lot of individuals come in saying like, 
hey, you know, this is my this is my situation. This is what I'm trying to achieve. And, you know, I can tell that it was a very vulnerable moment for them. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, we went through step by step and getting them the right products, you know, allowing them to. And I think that's the main thing is not only the products, but knowing how to use the products and feeling confident when you go home to use the products. Um, and yeah, again, that was like super long winded, but, uh, <laughs> yeah. basically go to Sephora, ask for, uh, ask for me, ask for me and I'll, uh, I'll help you out. Yeah. That's my, that's my advice. Um, so we have gone on a really long time, so I'm going to skip the listener questions. It's all about us. Okay. <laughs> um, but one I did want to work, oh, ask for personal gain is where do you get your wigs from? <laughs> where do I get wigs from? Yes. Okay. I'm sick so, of doing my hair. I just want to put a wig on uh, to go to yes. work. So give me the good. Of <laughs> so there are, um, I can, I can give you specifics afterwards. Okay. Yes. <laughs> um, but there's um, one of our – there's a drag performer in Calgary. Her name is Abia. Um, Abia, Abea, um, you know, t- tomato, tomato. And she does beautiful human hair wigs. Um, and that's, that's where I've gotten, like, a lot of my human wigs from. Mm-hmm. If looking for more, like, styled wigs, um, there's a lot of people in Vancouver that can actually, like – wigs um usually what i'll do is i'll get uh, i'll just order a synthetic wig off of line um and then get someone to style it for me um but i can i can put you in contact with someone for a good human unit yes absolutely yeah i just as i said like i just i'm so sick of doing my hair it's getting damaged like my hair is naturally uh quite wavy and it's just it's not healthy and I just cannot be bothered. And I just, I mean, I'm sure I'm just absolutely dismissing the work that goes into like laying your wig flat, like, and making it look beautiful. But I just want to, I want to whip it on. This is my dream. It's definitely, it's definitely difficult. It's a, it's something that you have to, um, something you have to learn and using the right products to lay the wig. And, you know, depending on how long you want the wig to be on, what are you doing in the wig? Um, so there's, there's definitely like a few steps you have to master. Um, I also just remember that my friend, I don't know if you know her, Berlin, she lives in Vancouver. Um, but she actually, she actually has made a few of her own wigs before. So I can, uh, maybe she can make you a wig too. Yeah. Look, I just want to show up. Someone do my wig <laughs> yeah. and I want to never think about it again. <laughs> of course. And you know what? Any, anybody can wear a wig. Yeah. doesn't matter who you want, no matter what you're doing. doesn't matter whatever, put a wig on, feel the fantasy and just live it out. Yeah. What is that song? And uh, the, the lyric can whap. It's like, um, change my wig, make him feel like he's cheating. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, oh, yeah, all, I, all I know from that song is ask for a car while I ride that dick. <laughs> Cause yes. <laughs> yes to all that. Um, so, okay, so as she said, you know, we're, we're running on a lot of time here, and I think my listeners are getting sick of, like, five-part interviews. <laughs> um, yeah. So I'm going to still touch on the three questions that I ask all my interviewees. So the first one, and these are kind of, like, rapid-fire questions. That's what the word was. When we were talking, like, tater tots, whatever we called them, it's called rapid-fire. Hot potato questions. Yeah, yeah we couldn't figure it out. It's rapid-fire. Um, so the first one is, what is the one thing on your sexual bucket list that you haven't done yet? That you would like to. <laughs> Something on my sexual bucket list that I would like to do. Um, 
Probably like a forest bukkake. Oh, <laughs> I've seen that one. Good. I've seen that one. Um, number two, one thing you've tried sexually that you probably wouldn't do again. Ooh, something that I've tried sexually, um, being peed on. Um, this is a common like, one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, but, but that, I just don't, I don't want to be like the taker, but I'll definitely be the giver. I'll piss on you. Alex, you hear that? Yeah. <laughs> Lurking in the background. <laughs> <laughs> and lastly if you had the world's attention for 30 seconds what would you say wow if I had the if I had the world's attention for 30 seconds I would I would say I would say love and kindness is is so powerful beyond our knowledge and beyond our beliefs and the more focus that we put into, you know, spreading love and positivity and loving ourselves, the quicker that we can make this world a better place. Yeah. I love it. That's a good one. When I was first on the podcast, I studied my way through that. When <laughs> <laughs> you're first on the podcast or every podcast episode. <laughs> every podcast. <laughs> like, my way through my <laughs> Yeah. I edit these. I know how much you struggle. Okay. But the word, the world does not. <laughs> so you'll edit that for you to make it look even better. Uh, all right. I need to know. <laughs> all right, Gia. Where can people find you? People can find me on Instagram at gia.metric. And um, you know what? If you slip into my DMs, I might give you my phone number. But Ooh. That's I know, I know. Spicy, spicy. <laughs> um, but Instagram is going to be the um, my main platform for um, keeping up with what I'm doing. Um, you know, if you have any questions, you can contact me. I do have my contact information there as well. And um, and yeah, let's let's have some fun on Instagram together. Ooh, love it. And Riley, where can people find you? Uh, as usual, you can find me at Van City Riley. And as always, you can find me on Instagram at five zero plus a tip. Or email me at 50plusatip at gmail.com. And like Gia, you can sign my DMs, but you will not be getting my fucking phone number. <laughs> <laughs> so bitches don't try. Okay. Uh, <laughs> thank you so much for joining us, Gia. It's been an absolute pleasure. Um, thank you for your openness and your honesty. And we were so excited to have you on the podcast and you did not disappoint. So thank you so much for coming on. Thank you. And, and like I said, it was it's so... It's so important and it's so awesome to have these conversations and thank you for showing me your perspective, um, you know, on such topics that we talked about and I can't wait for everyone to hear this. (laughs) Absolutely wonderful. Have a wonderful week and happy hoeing. (laughs) (laughs) Bye. And before you guys run away, make sure to check out our amazing sponsors. We have Miss Envy Botanicals, and they're dedicated to producing 100% organic medicinal cannabis products available at upscale dispensaries nationwide. They have a wide variety of products ranging from topical skincare, culinary additives, and cannabis oil, as well as Phoenix Tears. All of their creations are produced with only the best organic non-GMO ingredients and infused with love. Use code DANNY10 for 10% off. 
Truly Lifestyle Brand is an all-natural and cruelty-free skincare company that allows your skin to become its best self. They just launched two new amazing products, a facial scrub and a powder exfoliant. So go check those out right now. Use code TRULYPLUSATIP for 10% off your first online order. Temptations Avenue Laundry is a Canadian-owned laundry brand with a variety of styles ranging from sexy and wild to demure and sweet. Check them out on Instagram at Temptations Avenue and use our discount code TIP25 to get 25% off. That's TIP25, T-I-P-2-5 for 25% off your entire order. And lastly, for hair and skincare products that work absolute wonders, follow my girl on Instagram at tiffany.valentina.bella. Message her Danny Hair to get your personal hair and skin consult and save up to 40% off on her amazing products. Have a wonderful week and happy hoeing!